I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The goal of becoming debt-free is a journey that more and more of us are embarking on. But taking the first step requires great courage. You're getting phone calls, chasing money for this and chasing money for that, and that tends to have a a snowballing psychological effect as well, to the point where you don't want to look at the phone. Duncan and his partner found that the pandemic amplified their debt problems. Like millions of others, they were furloughed from work, getting 80% of their salaries, but still having to pay 100% of their bills. So you're trying to juggle, oh, well, I can pay this bill this month, but I've got no money within the pot to pay this one. As Duncan has found, the cycle of debt can be really difficult to break out of. I had a credit card and then I took out a credit card to pay off a credit card and then I took out a loan to try and consolidate down those credit cards, but then I ended up spending on the credit cards again. It all mounted up. If you're carrying more debt than you would like, then sit back and listen. This episode is packed full of practical advice to help you tackle these issues. The way you recover from this is to take it head on, make a plan and start working towards paying it off. Welcome to Money Clinic, the weekly podcast from the Financial Times dedicated to tackling real life financial issues. I'm Claire Barrett, the FT's consumer editor. When does debt become a problem? Household debt levels have been rising on both sides of the Atlantic for the past decade. And for most of us, credit cards, loans and finance deals are very much a part of our everyday financial lives. That's fine if you can afford the repayments, but the pandemic means many people have lost their jobs or are having to get by on a much lower income. This proved the tipping point for Duncan and his partner, who are both in their mid-30s and live together in Dundee in Scotland. We're one of these modern couples who met through the dating apps. We've very much hit it off. We uh, currently have been together for must be about a year and a half and uh, it's going very well. Duncan's partner wasn't so keen to appear on the show, so he is going to speak for them both. Obviously, when you live with someone financially, you're intertwined. So if there's a month where my wage isn't as good, we have to pick up each other's slack. And sometimes that's much, much harder than it is other months, you know. The reason the couple are struggling is because they each have around £10,000 worth of credit card debt 
That's about 13,500 in dollar terms, although they are at slightly different stages of their debt repayment journeys. Go back a year or two years, I was in a difficult financial situation. I was struggling to pay bills every month. Duncan started out using credit cards, sometimes to splash out on things like going out for drinks with friends, but mainly just to cover his monthly costs. When he was made redundant from a job, he suddenly found himself unable to meet those repayments. And it came to a point where I was even dipping into like payday loans to try and get me through the month. Now, obviously, you're just throwing the issue forward. Using high interest products like payday loans made the value of Duncan's debt spiral. And soon he was having to fork out £600 a month just to cover the minimum interest payments on his debt. It was depressing, to not put it lightly, to be paying out all this money and not seeing the number going down. And I think that was probably partly why I didn't go out and do anything was as much as I couldn't afford it. I also didn't want to because I had this constant stress over me of, oh, if I go and buy this sandwich while I'm walking down the road, you know, that's money that could be paying off the debt or could be buy me someone that's more important and, and you couldn't do the little things because they just mounted up in your head. But luckily, Duncan found a way to make his debt situation more manageable. I sought help. So it was a, an advert that came up online saying, stop paying interest, etc. on your creditors. We can write off up to a certain percentage of your debt. Duncan was able to reach an agreement with his creditors to restructure his repayments in a way to make them more affordable. However, you don't have to do this alone. Debt advisors working for charities like Step Change and Citizens Advice can talk you through all of the potential solutions. And depending on where you are in the world, consumer debt solutions have different names, rules and regulations. But the bottom line is that Duncan's crippling £600 a month debt repayments have been reduced to £150. And he knows that if he keeps up with those payments in five years, his debt will be wiped. Duncan's partner, however, is back where Duncan was a year ago, barely managing to pay off the minimum interest on her debts. She built up about £10,000 worth of credit card debt to cover travel and fee costs while she was studying. She then had to take some time off when a family member passed away, and then COVID struck. It was again a case of she had been put onto furlough, like a, a lot of people had, and um, obviously there was a reduced wage there, and you've got these debts, and so you're trying to juggle, you know, you've got your basics, your rent, your council tax, you have to pay, and then you're trying to juggle, oh, well, I can pay this bill this month, but I've got no money within the pot to pay this one. On top of this, Duncan's partner had to take a month off work for health reasons. So it came to a point where we had to miss some bills to try and cover more important bills, etc. She's paying about £650 per month just to meet those minimum payments and is struggling to make ends meet, even though she's working full time. With Duncan's £150 monthly debt payment plus their rent, bills and food, the couple often find themselves without any leftover cash. We don't go out, we don't really order takeaway in, we don't rent movies online, we don't do a lot of stuff that a lot of people would probably do, we don't spend a lot on Amazon purchases, you know, it's 
Every penny is counted just now. Every penny is sacred, really. But the two of them are looking towards the future. A year from now, I'd like to be in a position where finances were manageable. In probably four to five years, I'd like to be in a position where we are paid off and out of debt. And then we would be looking to buy a house because we currently rent a house and have a, a pot of money saved as well. Chris Browning, the US podcaster, is the voice behind Popcorn Finance, talking about money and about the time it takes to make a bag of microwave popcorn. He tackles financial issues that are common to everyone, wherever you are in the world, and debt is a particular speciality. I started out by asking Chris what the first thing anyone listening should do to get a handle on their debts. I think a good reset practice to do would be to say that you're going to take the time to understand your debt. And I think sometimes we're so enthusiastic and we're like, we have these big goals. We want to be debt free. We want to get this thing done. So we just jump into it and just start throwing money at the debts that we have, whether that's credit cards, whether that's personal loans, whether that is student loans, whatever it may be. And it can be very difficult to understand how long it'll take you to pay that off, where you are in the process. So for me, the best place to start is to sit down, take maybe an hour to go through all the paperwork you have, all the statements you've received to understand how much you owe, how long do you have to pay it off? Are there any terms specifically that say, okay, this has to be paid off in five years, in 10 years, whatever that may be? What are the interest rates on these debts? And are there any fees associated with it? Because once you understand where you are, once you get a solid picture and foundation to know where you are right now, it makes it so much easier to make a plan going forward. Now, for people who've got debts that they can manage themselves, that approach will work. But obviously, we heard there, Duncan, he realised that he was just sliding down this black hole of debt. He was borrowing to pay bills. He had things coming in that he just couldn't pay, couldn't keep on top of. It had all come to a big crunch point. Now, if your debts are problematic in that sense, what should you do then? So if you're in that situation where things get overwhelming, there's a few things you can do to, to try to help relieve some of that pressure. One thing I like to do is to start talking to your creditors early. Maybe there's a chance you can get your interest rates lowered, especially if you speak to them early, let them know your situation, let them know you would like to work with them and you want to get this paid off. Start talking with them to hopefully uh, make a plan to get that interest rate down because even a slight reduction in your monthly debt costs can be the difference between you being able to buy the groceries you need or pay your rent to make sure you're in a stable home to continue working towards paying down your debt. Because of the pandemic, lots of banks, credit card and finance companies are prepared to be more flexible with borrowers right now. But as Chris says, it's up to you to contact them and ask for this help. Depending on the size of your debts, you may need to think about finding a formal debt solution. And we'll come on to how to do that shortly. But once you have a long-term plan sorted, it's important to make sure that old debt habits don't creep up on you. It is so easy to fall back into those old habits and to fall back into those debt traps and cycles that got us into these situations in the first place. There are things you're going to have to do in order to prevent yourself from falling into debt and also to make sure that your progress is continuing to move forward. And we have to be very intentional in what we allow ourselves to do. So if, if for us, we know our weakness was when we were paying off our debt, it was eating out. Like That was the thing that was always ruining our budget without fail. 
every single month. And so we had to sit down and make an agreement to each other that we are going to cook the food we have at home. We are going to limit ourselves to what we bring in from the grocery store and build new habits, I should say, as what we do for fun. Because what our thing to do was when we were bored, didn't have anything to do, was go out to a restaurant and go eat. And so one of the things we can do to help break those cycles is to say, okay, we need to build in new habits, new routines that we can now do in order to help us not fall back into those old traps. Duncan and his partner, as we've heard, they're both at different stages of their debt-free journey. How can couples tackle these problems together? This can be difficult because similar to what you just mentioned, there's this shame. And even with someone you're as close with as your partner, there's the shame of not wanting to know the mistakes that we've made in the past. And so we tend to hide these details, even from the people that we live with. And I think the key is, and it sounds like what they're already doing is they're being open with each other. The same process you would do by yourself if you were doing this all on your own, I'd recommend you do it with a partner. And then from there, you can make a plan together because I think one of the big things that that happens when you're in a couple, you have the power to work together. You have the power to tackle these huge debts, these huge goals you may have as a team. And that is such an advantage that you have over someone doing this on their own. Let's talk now about the effects of debt on our mental health. Now, for many people, tackling their money problems is just too much to bear. What advice would you have for anyone listening who falls into that category? Oh, I definitely understand this. When I first got married, my wife and I, we ended up in just over $27,000 worth of debt. And that was because we had this pressure to have this wedding that we thought we should have. And we bought furniture, we had school expenses, medical bills, all these things just hit us all at once. And so when we realized where we were, I was so frustrated and I was so upset at myself and it was so difficult to just enjoy normal things because all I could do was think about where we were with our debt and how bad it was. Because for us, $27,000 was basically half of what we were making in a year. It was such a huge burden. And so when you're in that situation, you have to understand that you have to tackle it head on. You can't put your head in the sand and you can't say, you know, I'll think about this later. It's too much right now because the longer you wait with debt, literally the worse it will get. It will continue to grow, continue to become a bigger and bigger problem. And so for me, the biggest thing was one, giving yourself a break, understanding we all make mistakes. There's so many people who have debt that you just don't know about. No one wants to talk about it. So you feel like no one has any debt. But in reality, statistically, more than often, the people you run into are going to have debt as well. And know that we all make decisions that we regret, but you can recover from it. And the way you recover from this is to take it head on, make a plan and start working towards paying it off. The next expert I turned to was Alan McIntosh, who's from Duncan's Neck of the Woods. He runs the Advice Scotland website. You've worked as a debt advisor for 20 years. Now, you've heard Duncan's story. How typical is that? Well, it's extremely typical. The sort of circumstances that Duncan described, which got him into the place that he is now, is actually very common in Scotland. There is somewhere in the region of over 30,000 people in Scotland that are currently in protected trusted, so it's not unusual. The debt solution that Alan's referring to, a trust deed, is how people in Scotland could come to a formal arrangement with their creditors, allowing them to restructure and reduce their debt repayments to more manageable levels. In England, we have a similar solution called an IVA, or Individual Voluntary Arrangement. Now, all of this jargon can sound a bit scary to the untrained ear, but that's what debt advisors like Alan have been put on earth to explain. 
Like Chris, Alan emphasises the single most important thing anyone who's struggling with debt repayments needs to do is contact their lenders. It's never too soon to take action on your debt. You don't need to wait to the stage when you're getting default notices or you don't need to wait till you're starting to get penalties and charges added on your debts. In actual fact, the sooner you deal with your debts and the more options you're going to have. Next, Alan says you should create a budget. Nobody wants to look at their income and expenditure when they're struggling. The tendency is instead to stick your head in the sand. So the first thing we try and do is always create an income and expenditure, do a budget, and people can do that themselves because if you don't understand your own finances, then you're not going to be able to make good decisions about how to go forward. The other thing that I would say to people is it's important to become a sophisticated consumer. A sophisticated consumer, eh? That's a term I'll definitely be adding to my vocabulary. What I mean is, we live in a society where there's a multitude of different financial products out there. And some of those products are good for one situation and others are good for another situation. So, for example, you can use overdrafts and credit cards and they may be very suitable for one situation. But equally, when you're buying a car, you've got options like higher purchase agreements, you've got PCP agreements. Now, you can either be a victim to the financial landscape that we live in or you can be someone who takes advantage of it and uses it to your benefit. So, in other words, don't skimp on the research. And as Alan points out, being a sophisticated consumer isn't just for when the going is good. With many different debt solutions out there, it's important to be shrewd when it comes to choosing the right one for you. And when things do go wrong, you need to also continue to be a sophisticated consumer when you're dealing with your debts. So don't just take that solution because this is a solution that a company's selling you or you've seen it on Google Ads. Make sure you do your research. Make sure you look at all the options that are out there because unfortunately there's lots of money in debt and it's a very profitable industry for lots of different organisations. So you can't always assume that the people that are giving you advice are always giving you the best advice for you. Sometimes they may be giving you the advice that's best for them. There's a number of different options under the debt management solutions. Not all these options are going to be suitable for everyone. But the most important thing is to make sure that you're making informed decisions and, you know, if necessary, get advice because there's lots of free advice services and agencies across the UK that can help people with their debts. We've put links to some of the biggest UK debt advice charities in the show notes. But what about life after debt? Duncan recognises that it will be several years before he and his partner will be debt-free but he's keen to know how this might affect his chances of applying for a mortgage in the future. Alan explains the six-year rule, which applies in the UK. Essentially, when you go into a formal debt solution, what you're saying to your creditors is that you cannot maintain the agreement that you had with them. So effectively, you're going to go into default. Now, like any default, that information is going to be shared on your credit reference file, and it's going to remain there for up to six years. So that will affect your ability to obtain credit for the next six years. So any mortgage company, credit card company, you apply for credit, they can see that in your file for six years after the date that it's happened. Yeah. And one of the important things is it doesn't mean they'll not give you credit. It's just another fact that they'll take into consideration before they offer you credit. So the fact that you've got a damaged credit rating because you've been in a formal debt solution does not prevent you getting credit. It just makes it harder and it just makes it a bit more expensive. I've been doing this job 20 years and there's clients who I have put into bankruptcy in the past and I now know that these clients have got a mortgage. Alan has an important piece of advice about making sure your history of debt doesn't stay on your credit reference any longer than it has to. 
make sure the six years starts from when you actually default it, not when you finish paying off your debts. Now, one of the most important tips I can give someone who has been in a formal debt solution like Duncan and they've come out of it is to get a copy of your credit reference file. Because once you go into a formal debt solution like a trusted, your creditor should note that as the date of your default. And the six years starts running from that date. However, what you often find is not all creditors do that. And sometimes it's only once you come out the formal debt solution that the creditors then put the default on. So the six years then begins running from that date. So if the date on your credit reference doesn't match the date you defaulted, you can contact the organisation you defaulted with to get them to put the correct date down. Once that's done, you should start thinking about improving your credit score. So doing sensible things, making sure you pay all your bills on time, because even utility providers will often share the information that they have on you with the credit reference agencies. So making sure you pay your gas and your electricity bills will help your credit rating. Obviously, once you start being able to get credit, such as credit cards, the important thing to do is make sure that you use them sensibly. So, for example, you know, don't max them out. Try and avoid using more than 50% of the credit. Make sure you don't just make the minimum payments each month because all these factors can influence your credit rating. And gradually, over time, what should happen is that your credit score should begin to improve because the more and more creditors look at your credit reference style and they can see that you're paying your bills in time, they can see that there's no red flags on there that may show that you're in financial distress, then the more confidence they're going to have in lending to you. Lots of advice there from the experts, but the point I would stress is that if you're dealing with problem debt, don't suffer in silence. As the expert said, if you're struggling to make payments, contacting your lender is the first step. They might be able to offer you a payment holiday or another temporary solution and keep working with you as a customer instead of passing on your account to a debt collector. I'd also urge any listeners in this situation to approach a debt charity for advice early in their journey. Most people wait over a year before seeking help, which can drastically increase their debt burden, as well as impacting their mental health. As Alan said, make sure you're a sophisticated consumer when looking into debt solutions. Be sure to get some free advice from an unbiased charity or organisation that can help find the right debt solution for you and support you as this plan is put into action. To do this, debt advisors will need to understand your financial situation in terms of your debts, monthly income and expenditure to help set a budget. Good advice for anyone who is seeking to get a handle on their finances. And finally, debt problems have a huge impact on our mental health and many people are unfortunately too ashamed to ask for help but you're not alone. Before the coronavirus, it was estimated that around 8 million people in the UK were struggling with some degree of problem debt. I said at the start of this podcast, it takes great courage to take the first step on the journey to becoming debt-free. And I hope today's episode has shown that there is life after debt. That's it for Money Clinic with me, Claire Barrett, this week, and we hope you like what you've heard. If you would like to chat with me on a future episode of the show or get some expert thoughts on a money issue that's bugging you, then email me. Our address is money at ft.com. 
do have a look at the show notes for this episode. They're packed with helpful links to places that can advise you on finding the right debt solution. You could also take a peek at our website, ft.com money, grab a copy of the FT Weekend newspaper, or follow me on Instagram at Claire B. Money Clinic was produced in London by Persis Love and Josh De La Mare. Our sound engineer is Breen Turner and our editor is Amy Keane. And the original music is by Metaphor Music. And finally, just so you know, the Money Clinic podcast is a general discussion around financial topics and does not constitute an investment recommendation or individual financial advice. For that, you'll need to find an independent financial advisor. That's the small print over and done with. See you back here next week. Goodbye. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.